Well, good morning. Tell you what, it's good to be alive. Sometimes, you know, I think we've got to remind ourselves that, don't we? Because, you know, like when you're dead, you can't remind you that it was good to be alive, can you? It makes it quite tricky. But um, any Liverpool supporters here today? That was so bad yesterday, wasn't it? Strong, wasn't it? I was just wondering, you know that song, You'll Never Walk Alone? I think some of them went off in their own little, little song time. That wasn't joining with the rest of us on those few words. But it's great to be here. My name's Mark Greenwood. I am now 42 years old. I know, Nivea. Nivea, very, very good. I've only just discovered you should rub it, not drink it. But never mind, it doesn't matter. It seems to be working. But it's great to be here with you this morning. Would you agree that the world is changing pretty fast? Would you agree with that? Okay, Would, it's not always for the best, is it? If we're really, really honest. I've come to kind of be aware. And I, I think some of the advancements in the world are great. I think there's some brilliant stuff. Um, my little girl was talking about Facebook to me the other day and eBay and Twitter. Uh, and I, I just came to be aware that she's only ever lived in a world where Twitter is. Does that make sense? And, and Facebook is. So she's never kind of been in a world where things like that don't exist. And um, I've come to realise that the world's changing and I've come to realise I'm getting a little bit older. I mean, I know I look good, but I am ageing. I am ageing and um, I've just realised that like, you know, not that I want to be morbid or anything, although we have got the phone number of Samaritans on your way out if you do need them. But I've just come to realise that like, I'm 42 now, as I mentioned, and um, that means if I live to 84, which I'm hoping I'll reach... I'm halfway through, and uh, I thought to myself, um, God, I'm getting to that stage now in life that some of you have been there for a long time, and as I say that, I'm just now <laughs> really giving God thanks for the cans that are up there, because you don't want to connect with anybody, do you, when you say that, especially if they're 21 and female, it's like, you know, that is really, really bad, but it's like I've come to realise that I'm getting to that place in life where very, very soon I'll probably have more history than I have future. And that's, that's quite a scary place to be. <laughs> Leon's just being comforted by his good lady. <laughs> this happened to you a while ago, love. <laughs> and it's a bit of a weird place because it's like, I've, as, I've, as I've looked at the world, I thought, this world is really changing fast. And uh, let me give you an idea of of some of the things that have happened for those of you who were born before 1940. You were born before television, penicillin, polio shots. I understand this to be true because I've I've googled it and checked it. Okay, Frozen foods, Xerox, plastic, contact lenses, videos, frisbees and the pill. Radar, credit cards... Split atoms, laser beams, ballpoint pens, dishwashers, tumble dryers, electric blankets, air conditioners, drip dry clothes and man walking on the moon. You got married first and then lived together. You thought fast food was what you ate at Lent. (laughs) It's good that, I like that. A Big Mac, 
That was an oversized raincoat. Crumpet, you had for tea. Some of you are going, what? Leon is hosting a small group to explain that just after the morning meeting. If you want to find out what that is. You existed before house husbands, computer dating, dual careers, when a meaningful relationship meant getting along with cousins. (laughs) Sheltered accommodation was where you waited for a bus. You were born before daycare centres, group homes and disposable nappies. You'd never heard of FM radio, tape deck, electric typewriters, artificial hearts, word processors, yoghurt and young male worship teams wearing earrings. (laughs) See what I did there? See what I did? <laughs> you can tell. Um, right, um. <laughs> Sorry, that should have been young men, but I spotted you wearing the earring on a few moments ago, and I felt praise the Lord. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Live material's always good. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Time sharing meant togetherness. A chip was a piece of wood, or a fried potato. Hardware meant nuts and bolts, and software was not even a word. Made in Japan meant junk. (laughs) Hold back. Making out was a term used for how you'd done in your exams. Stud was something that was fastened to a collar. And going all the way meant staying on the bus till you reached the bus depot. (laughs) (laughs) Great, isn't it? (laughs) I love it. Pizza, McDonald's and instant coffee were unheard of. Cigarette smoking apparently was fashionable. Grass was something that was mowed. Coke was kept in the coal house. A joint was a piece of meat that you had on Sundays. And pot was something you cooked it in. El Dorado was an ice cream. Do you remember that TV program? What an utter waste of the airwaves that was, wasn't it? <laughs> I wasn't thinking of. Eldorado was an, an ice cream. A gay person was the life and soul of a party and nothing more. AIDS meant either beauty treatment or help from someone when in trouble. And then this little, little paragraph that I picked up says, No wonder you are so confused and there is a generation gap today. It's mad, isn't it, what's changed you know, and that's kind of the comical side of things that have changed. You know, like even in recent years, things have changed. Our, our ability to depend upon the financial system, it's gone. Our ability to depend upon politicians has gone. I was rather assuming it was there to start with, I realised that. But even, even religious structures, even religious structures that were dependable upon how they handled Things And I'm not going to go too much into detail on that. It just seems that everything's changing. Nothing's changing for the better. And so we have less now to depend on than we had 10 years ago. Now, am I just painting a bleak picture of the world? Or would you agree with that? That's pretty well, give or take, 
how it kind of feels in the world at the moment. It's like, what is dependable? Well, I want to introduce you to one of my favorite, favorite little tiny sentences in the Bible that encourages me no end. And if you're here and you're somebody who's a Christian today, that is somebody who's put their life in God's hands, I want to leave this sentence with you for you to take away and be encouraged by. If you're here today and you've never said yes to God, I want to leave you with the same sentence. But I want you to connect with that God so that this sentence can become a reality and not just a bit of a few words put together. This is what God says. I, the Lord, do not change. Now the church has often been something that hasn't moved with times. I'm going to be really honest with you. Looking at what times are, I don't want to move with times. Do you want to move with times? When you look at the state of things? Now the church, I concede, we do maybe need to be a bit more interesting, be a bit more relevant. But I'm so glad that God doesn't change. I'm so glad that he's dead reliable. He's dead firm. He's He's like a rock that cannot be budged. And I want to encourage you this morning to connect with that God to reconnect with that God or to understand the connection that you have with that God for maybe for those of you who would call yourself Christians. You see, God doesn't change and the way he views things or the way he views things rather doesn't change. God says that the problem with the world has never changed. That's how we live in a changing world. We need to understand that the problem with the world has never changed. Now, I travel about all kinds of different places speaking. This is what I do for a job and uh, I'm always really intrigued as I approach lots of church buildings I'm always really intrigued as to kind of how they look and what they've got written outside and all kinds of different things and I've had no end of fun when I've seen it um, there's a particular church in Nottingham was was asking me because I was speaking there they were saying can you tell us something to put outside our church they've got you know one of these um, notice boards that you can see they're big ma- for those of you who are kind of um, experienced church people you'll know the sort that we think we're really cutting edge trendy because it's illuminous green and black print you know the ones you, you do know the ones okay and they've got all these these different phrases like, well one church that I went to they had this like you know like carpenter from Nazareth requires joiners I hate it I hate it means nothing. That's supposed to be for people who are out of the church. And it's noticeable that this church in Bradford, and I love the church because they do a really, really good work. They do this great, great, great job. But unfortunately, I've noticed that the church is on what's called the A650 in Bradford, all right? It's the dual carriageway. And it comes in, it's one of the roads into Bradford. And uh, so dual carriageway, and then they've got a little turn in here and a roundabout here. And the church is just here between the two junctions. Do you get me? If you get me, say we get you. Good. Oh, you got me. That's good. All right. And, and here is situation, uh, situated the aforementioned Illuminous Green uh, notice board. And I've noticed now on this here roundabout, there's quite a lot of damaged parts to the roundabout. There's a lot of bricks that have been knocked out. And I've got my theory. All right, because I'm a Christian, right, and I'm supposed to understand these phrases that they have. But I'm going to concede that I'm, when I'm driving up the A650 and I'm looking at the sentence thinking, there's been a few times when I've gone, 
Nazareth. Jump joiners and had to swerve. So I have my suspicions that a number of these bricks have been dislodged by various Christians across Bradford. All who are probably going to lodge a case and sue St. John's Church because of all these dodgy notices. Anyway, another church wanted to get a notice outside. So they said to me, because they wanted to kind of attract people in. They said to me, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Because we want to put it on our notice outside church. Right. Now I thought it was going to be this little luminous green with black thing. All right. Didn't realise they were going to get a massive banner made up. So I, I, I said to him, well, I don't really know what you should put on. Because nobody really knows me. So it's no point. Just, well, he said, just tell us. So I went, okay. So when I was growing up, I wanted to be a footballer. And then I wanted to be uh, a policeman. And I ended up getting a job as a butcher. Right. There's no obvious link, really, is there? <laughs> See the progression. So he said, that's fine, that's enough. And I'm thinking, what, what are they going to put up? <laughs> so I'm, I'm approaching this church. This one church was in Nottingham. I'm approaching this church. And they've got one of these massive, special, plasticky banners thing. And on it, it says, come and hear the life-changing story of the Bradford Butcher. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, coming near the life-changing story of this mass murderer. Do you know what I mean? It's like nobody turned up. They were all scared. All completely scared. And the, I understand it because Bradford has produced a few mass murderers in its time, to be honest with you. So I can understand the concern. But one of these churches, they did put this sentence outside that probably meant nothing to anybody but I actually I knew where it was from and I actually quite liked how they put it and and it illustrates the point that I'm trying to make for you this morning that the problem with the world has never changed so I'm going to tell you the the sentence that's taken straight out of the bible and then I'm going to explain it to you so that you can connect and you can see why I wanted to use it it basically said even in recession the wages of sin is still death now that's a nice encouraging sentence for you to see in the morning. So let me shed some light on it, which maybe puts it in a slightly better perspective. Okay, right. So you get paid a wage for what you do. Now you may think you deserve a better wage for what you do. Okay. Some of you here may be thinking, I can't believe I get this for what I do but I'm going to keep it quiet I'm sensing you're connecting with me more on that one (laughs) some of you or your bosses think I can't believe I give them the wage I do for what they amen (laughs) you're a boss sir (laughs) yes yes (laughs) the truth is rightly or wrongly this is what you do And this is what you get paid. That's a wage. Agreed? A wage is you get your wage for what you've done. It's agreed. That's the deal. However, a gift is different. Now, it was my birthday, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. Now, I've realised you're probably all feeling a bit guilty. (laughs) But don't worry. Um... Money talks. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Make it paper. All right, doesn't scratch as many things. 
So a gift, if you was to give me, it's not a hint, by the way, it's a suggestion, not a hint. No, if you was to give me, say, Matt, do you know it was your birthday last week? I'm sorry I missed it. Here's 20 quid. You never know. You never know. You don't, do you? There's a chance, isn't it? All as I'm saying is, I'm tithing it to the building fund. Now, that's not the incentive. That's not that. Give me a tenth of that. So the 20 quid, which I may or may not get, I'm only joking. The 20 quid is a gift, correct? It's not what I, what I deserve. It's not, I've, I've, I've contractually agreed to this with you. This is a gift. It's something I don't deserve. This little sentence on this church notice board was something that was taken right out of the Bible where God's speaking and saying, what you should get, what you get paid for what you've done with me on this planet is death. Now, as if that isn't bad enough, I'd like, if I may, to depress you a little bit more. Would you mind if I depress you a little bit more? If you wouldn't mind being depressed a bit more, raise your hands. You need help. (laughs) There's people volunteering to be depressed more. (laughs) So just to really cheer you up, the word wage, all right, the wages, is, is based on something that is in the Bible that we don't know a great deal about without looking into the background. And uh, so I just want to help you understand. The wage refers to a wage that a Roman army soldier was paid in Bible times. Okay, uh, And what a Roman army soldier would get when they got a wage, they got twofold. They got the bit there and then for being a soldier and for doing what they do. But then when they actually went into battle, they got more wage. It's a bit like a basic and a commission, I guess, in that sense. So what the Bible's saying is, look, what you get for what you've done is you get something now, which is called death, okay? And something later, which is double death. (laughs) Anybody feel better this morning? Glad they came to church. Okay, now, this is the brilliant bit, because I'm not into that first bit. It's true, but that, that makes me feel miserable, all right? And I can do that without looking at that, okay? What makes me feel really good is the next little bit that says, but, but the gift of God is eternal life. So when we choose not to live our lives with God as human beings, when we choose to live it according to our agenda, our plans, what we get for that is death now. In other words, there's death in terms of a connection. Have you ever had a dead connection, a dead line? When you've tried to speak to someone, there's a dead line. You can't get through. Because we've chosen to live our lives without God as human beings, there's a dead connection. So we get the death now. That means we're we're, we're not connected with God. We're separated from God. And the result of that and the extra wage for living life without God is when we die, that's it. That's it. Now, I don't like to tell you that, but I can't not because it's in the book. It's in the Bible. And I wish I could say to you, it gets better. But if we chose to live our life without God, what we get paid for that is death now and death later. But, there's a big but, if you will. (laughs) But, 
The gift of God is eternal life. In other words, what God wants to give you, which you don't deserve, it's not what you get for what you've done. What God wants to give you purely as a gift, purely because he loves you, purely because he made you, purely because he created you and desperately wants to make that connection come alive. What you get is eternal life. The problem with the world is we've chosen to live our lives without God. As a friend of mine said, at the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. We have decided in here to live our lives without God. That's the problem in the world. We live in a world that has left God out. It's done things its own way. And that's why we have nothing but death and decay. That's why we have nothing but emptiness and frustration in people's lives. That's why we have a world where they're trying to make things better. But in truth, it's only going to get worse problem with the world is still the same it's never changed God says that's still the problem but God has a gift on offer to every one of us the problem with the world has never changed but the solution to the problem of the world has never changed now I have a bit of well I have several weaknesses some of which I'd like to share with you today I have a couple of things I like to collect, okay? I like shoes. like shoes. I like bags, okay? So I took this from a 70-year-old woman. (laughs) This bag is at least 70 years old. Her dad had it before her, and I liked it. So I said to her, can I have it? And uh, she gave it to me. Uh, did I feel guilty? I might have done. For a few minutes. And I did say to her, you can't. No. No. I'll go on then. <laughs> well, you don't like to offend, do you? You don't. And I'm not one to offend. So I like collecting bags. That's 70 years old. Look at that. They don't make them like they used to, do they? You can't buy that in TK Maxx, friends, I'm telling you. Some of my other bags you could buy in TK Maxx, but not that one. So I like that. And I also like pens. Anybody like pens? Three, right. Pen, pen. If you like pens, raise your hands. Hands down. If you like pencils, raise your hands. Hands down. If you like being penless, raise your hands. If you're modern and just use your notes on your iPhone, raise your hands. If you've never heard of an iPhone, raise your hands. <laughs> Things are changing, aren't they? So I like pens. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you of a pen that I bought. Would you like me to tell you of a pen that I bought? Seen as you asked, okay. I bought a, are you ready for this? A space pen. A space pen. You, you, you too could be the very proud owner of a space pen. You can now buy, ladies and gentlemen, a space pen. There's all kinds of varieties of space pens. There's little skinny ones. There's short fat ones. There's big ones. But they're all space pens. Now then, why? Are you able to buy a space pen? 
I hear you all asking. Thank you. It's hard, isn't it, mate? It's hard. Thanks for helping me out. You can buy, you should never have been able to buy a space pen. But you can now buy a space pen. And this is why you can now buy a space pen. Because the people that designed the space pen have got to recover some of the money that they invested into designing the aforementioned implement. You see, when the Canadian Space Agency were trying their hardest to think of a solution to a problem they had, and this was the problem, how can we fill our forms in? How can we write in zero gravity? So they thought we are going to design a pen that can write in zero gravity. Ladies and gentlemen, I have two space pens that can write in zero gravity, I believe. So why do they now have to sell them? Well, I'll tell you. The Canadian Space Agency spent millions of dollars into researching the pen that would write in zero gravity. They employed the services of hundreds of engineers. And they finally designed the space pen. They were so excited. They were wanting to celebrate this incredible creation. So they wrote to all the different space agencies around the world and said, look, we'd like to let you get this space pen. We have invented a space pen that will write in zero gravity. All the space agencies around the world wrote back to them and said, well done. But we have also come up with a solution to writing in zero gravity. We use a pencil. <laughs> Hecky thump, said one of the Yorkshire engineers. Isn't that incredible? And when I read that, I thought, that is just fantastic. Isn't it? It's like, talk about overcomplicating a solution. Talk about over-investing in a solution to a problem. Don't you think? It's like, it was obvious. It was obvious. Use a pencil. That's what you need to use. Don't worry about a pen. Don't invest in all this time and waste this energy into a a solution to the problem. Look at something that solves the problem. Folks, I honestly believe that there's a world political systems, rulers, individuals. We waste so much of our energy, so much of our time, so much of our money looking for a solution to the problem that there is not just in the world but in our lives. And to me, the solution is really obvious. If the problem is the human heart, then we need a solution that's going to connect to the human heart. That's what we need. And for me, Because I kind of believe what God talks about because he's been pretty faithful and pretty reliable in my life and in many people's lives here. Many people who sung the words of those songs never once did I ever walk alone because we knew he was there. Might not have always felt him, but we knew there was something deep down 
Because we knew that God was the solution to whatever problems we face. But here's the brilliant thing. God can only be the solution to whatever problems you face if you make him the solution to the number one problem that every human being is, has. And that is we've left him out. That's the problem. We've left him out. We've left his instruction on how to do things out. Not just in the world, but in our lives. Friends, you need to get God into your life. He needs to become the solution to the problem in your life. That problem of living life your own. It is a problem. That problem of doing your own things. It is a problem. That problem of doing the stuff that you don't want to do. That is a problem. And God's the solution to it. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, God left his world and came into ours. Why? Because he wanted us to see that he was the solution. 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked the face of this earth. Why? So that he could connect with you and me. That's the brilliant thing. Isn't that amazing? God really, really is that solution to the problem in your life. And that's why I spend my life trying to tell people he is. Because he's phenomenal. I read another little statistic. Listen to this. This will, this will amaze you, this. The best-selling types of books are cookbooks. The best-selling types of books are cookbooks. Do you know what the next best-selling types of books are? Diet books. How fantastic is that? And, and the diet books are great because the diet books tell us we shouldn't have eaten the things we've just learned to cook in the cookbooks we've just bought. And the diet books tell us that the reason you've got to buy a diet book is because you first bought the cookbook and now you're lardy boy. Why, that's mad, isn't it? That is so mad. Do you know what? We create in this world so many problems. But God is the ultimate solution. God is the ultimate answer. Let him be your solution. Don't try to do it your own way. Listen to this. Socrates taught for 40 years. Socrates was a philosopher. Plato, 50 years. Aristotle for 40 years. And Jesus for only three and a half years. Yet the influence of Christ's ministry infinitely transcends the impact left by the combined years of teaching from these greatest of philosophers. Jesus painted no pictures, yet some of the finest artists such as Raphael, Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci received their inspiration from him. Jesus wrote no poetry, but Dante, Milton and scores of the world's greatest poets were inspired by him. Jesus composed no music, but Haydn, Handel, Beethoven, Bach and Mendelssohn all reached their highest perfection of melody in the music they composed in his praise. Every sphere of human greatness has been enriched by this humble carpenter of Nazareth. Three and a half years. Three and a half years. That's all he spent. Three and a half years. Jesus walked on the planet Look at the legacy. Look, look at the impression. Look at the difference. Look at the inspiration he has been to oh so many people. Doesn't that tell you something about his power and something about his ability to be the solution? Something about him worth holding on to that, whatever changes in the world. Doesn't that say something about as his inspiration has gone on through decades, through centuries and millennia? 
And the great thing is, when Jesus came down to planet Earth, don't make the mistake that he simply came to die. As a Christian, I honestly believe Jesus did come down to demonstrate God's love. He took the punishment for the wrong of the whole world. That's you and me. When we left God out, God should punish us. Jesus took that punishment. But if we simply leave it there and miss out the rest of what he wanted to accomplish, the fact of his birth, that this was God arriving. He arrived, he turned up on our scene. He lived, and as he lived, he went about making a difference and making an impact in people's lives. He healed people, he forgave people, he gave people a sense of purpose. And that gives us a window and an insight into what he can do for you today. Eventually, that journey through life took him to death on a cross, well, this is what really excites me. And you mention this little phrase to Christians and you see them getting all a little bit excited because we didn't just believe that Jesus died. We believe that he came back alive. He died so we could be forgiven and he lives so that we can live forever as has rightly been added to. The problem with the world has never changed. The solution to the problem of the world has never changed. And the response to the solution to the problem of the world has never changed. I'm going to tell you a story. But just before I do that, think about this bag. Is it, it's got this weird noise that occasionally happens. And now I've just disabled the weird noise. me at work again (laughs) Ah, do you know that was perfect time and I said to my mother make it about quarter past make it about quarter past (laughs) fantastic very good let me read you a story I love this story because for me it sums up like all the efforts of the world it sums up about the level that they can accomplish And it sums up what God can accomplish. This is a true story. A preacher was preaching in a church about what Christianity was all about. A well-known communist entered the building and shouted out, What good is Christianity? Communism can put new clothes on that man. The preacher replied, Communism may well be able to put new clothes on that man. But only Christianity can put a new man in those clothes. Isn't that fantastic? That's the difference. Everything else is valid and as good and as appropriate and as right as it is. And I honestly, honestly believe we need to look after the people in our world. I honestly believe that. We've got to do our bit. But in truth, all we're doing is we're just putting new clothes on people. We're just changing their circumstances temporarily. Now that's a good change. That is a good change. But real change takes place when God is allowed to come into an individual's person And he puts a new person in their clothes. You, this morning, can become a new person. Lovely, lovely little sentence in the Bible that says, For anybody who becomes a Christian, who puts their life in God's hands, they become a new creation. The old goes and the new comes. Now we've been having a tidy out in our house recently. 
and uh, we've been getting rid of some old stuff and you suddenly realise how much room you've got in your home when you get rid of this old stuff. The brilliant thing for me is when a person allows God to come into their lives and gets rid of the stuff that he's not happy with, but if we're really honest, he gets rid of the stuff we're not happy with. When he, when he cleans it out, you begin to realise just how much room you had in your life. You need to let him in, folks. We need to allow him to clear out those things, to get rid of them. It might be that you've never, ever said yes to God. I want to encourage you to do that today, this morning. Say yes to God. By saying yes to God, you're saying, do you know what, God? I don't want to live my life without you anymore. I want to live my life with you. I want to put my life in your hands. Say yes to him this morning. He's, he's calling you. He's saying, come on, put your life in my hands. It might be that you said yes to God many years ago, but your life isn't the life of somebody who has said yes to God. You've kind of done your own thing. Why don't you get your life back on track with him Say yes to him this morning. Put your life back in his hands. I want to encourage you to do that this morning because that's what God wants you to do. That's the response we have to make to the solution, to the problem, not just in the world, but in our lives. Say yes to him this morning. Let's pray. I wonder, Mark, if you'd just come back up. and I'm going to ask Mark to play... Uh, the words of that song never once did we ever walk alone and I wonder if we could just put the words back up on the screen that would be great let's just uh, close our eyes and uh, if you want to have a glance up at the words feel free to do so I want to draw your attention to those words they are they're not words on a screen they're reality I want to two people opportunity, two types of people opportunity this morning to to respond and I'd like to pray for you and by praying for you I simply mean I'm just going to include you in a closing prayer. I'm not going to pull you out or anything like that. If you're here this morning you've never said yes to God do it right now where you are. It's amazing. Amazing. You can know the reality of God walking with you. This is absolutely incredible say yes to him now just where you are I'm going to labour this point I was speaking to a lady just this week she said Mark you came and spoke at my church about a year ago and you kept saying say yes and I know that's what I needed to do and I'm glad that you kept saying it because it just helped me to say it so say yes to him this morning never said yes to God start that phenomenal journey with God this morning where you can See him inspiring and influencing your life. Say yes to him now. Say, say yes, God, I want to live life your way. You might not understand it. You might not know exactly what you're doing, but we, we can help you in that. I've got a little booklet called The Journey I'd love to give to you at the end of this morning's meeting. The church run a, a course called The Journey here. There's an alpha being run. These are all things to help you to understand the significance of saying yes to God. But by saying yes to God this morning, saying, yes, God, I want to live life your way. Yes, God, I want to thank you for Jesus' death, that he came back alive and he did that for me. And yes, God, I want, to, I want to give my life over to you. I want you to change my heart. Say yes to him right now. I've never said it before. Just now where you sat, 
reach out to him, call out to him, just simply say those words. One heartfelt yes is the most important word you'll ever say. It might be that you don't feel ready to say yes to God this morning. Not ready to put your life in his hands. I wonder though, maybe for you, you might be able to say a different kind of yes. And that is yes to finding out more. You might feel you can say that to God. Yes, God, to finding out more about you. You might only feel that you can say it to yourself. But you say yes to to going on that journey and finding out about God this morning. Might be that you're saying yes to God to put your life back in his hands. Just say it right now where you are. And just so I know as I pray, if you said yes to God this morning, if you said that yes, just simply where you are, stick your hand up. Just do that now for me. Just bob it up so I can see. Thank you. That's lovely. That's great. Wonderful. A couple of people there just saying, yeah, I said yes. That's great. Bob your hand down, sir. That's fab. Anyone else? Just going to wait for a few more moments. That's great. God, I want to pray for those people right now who said yes to you. I bless you for their willingness to take a stand wherever that might be and Father I pray you'll help them to realise that you are real that you are all they need Lord and for whatever reason whatever their understanding as they say yes to you Lord you've already said yes to them 2,000 years ago when your son died that was you saying yes to them saying yes to this world I pray they'd connect with you now Lord that their connection with you will come alive Lord right now where they're sat Lord or for anybody else who said yes, maybe didn't feel they could raise their hand, just pray for them, Lord. Become real to them now. Just come so close to them, Lord. Help them to know, Lord, the, your reality. The second group of people. We did this in the first service, and I feel it right and, and proper to do it in this service. that you're here this morning and um, it's not even necessarily that you've walked away from God or anything like that. But I was just really grabbed by this song. It's one of my favourite songs at the moment because it just means so much. I love it. The truth of this song. It talks about the scars. The scars are there, aren't they? From the walk, from the battle. They're there. We can't deny those. So it's a hard journey sometimes. But I just sense it's a right thing for us this morning just to respond to these words and say, never once did I ever walk alone. Never once did you leave me on my own. In powerful words. And that's for some of you this morning who need to recommit yourself to that understanding. And so I want to pray for you. It might be that illness has come in and swamped your life. It might be depression. It might be financial pressure, family pressures. Might be nothing. It might just be you're just finding the whole thing tough going. And you just need to be able to say, God, I, I want to know once again that, that you're there with me. And so I want to pray for you. 
for whatever reason, those of you here this morning who you know that that's where you're at, that where you're at I'm just going to say a prayer over you like I've prayed for the first group of people. So I wonder if you might just simply, where you are, raise your hand, please. Just do that now. That's great. Thank you. Okay, that's lovely. Great. Thank you so much for your honesty. Anyone else? Thank you. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to pray. That's lovely. Thank you. I'm going to pray. And then I wonder, Mark, whether we could just sing this song through. And I, I wonder whether you will all stand and sing it together. But those particularly who are struggling, whether you put your hand up or not, maybe those of you who are going through this tough time, I'll pray for you now. But I'm going to pray that those words become a new day for you. That they become really meaningful words. That you'll be able to look back to today and say that was the day when things began to change not everything will change necessarily but you'll be able to look back to this day see I believe God's speaking now on this and so God speaks for a reason and so Father I I thank you Lord for the honesty of these people Lord who said yeah Mark that's where I'm at and that's great Lord because when we're honest it releases you to work in our lives so I pray for those people right now, God, that whatever they're facing, Lord, whatever scars they're carrying, whatever wounds they're carrying, whatever, whatever knockdowns they face, Lord, whatever they're facing right now, Lord, may they know that never once have they ever, never once will they ever walk alone. Never once, Lord, did you leave them on their own. Never once did you walk away saying, this is too much for you. Never once did you say to them, you're on your own. Remind them that on the day you sent your son, that was you making a commitment to them, Lord. Once Jesus came to this planet, this was you, God, saying, I am getting my hands more involved than ever with humanity. And you committed yourself to that, Lord. May they know the truth and the reality of that. When the circumstances deny that, May they know the truth, Lord, we pray. May they know the truth, Lord. Just even now, Lord, make it into a reality, Lord, for them, I pray. Father, I pray that in the days that come ahead, whatever any of us face, help us to know the way we live in a changing world is by holding on to you, the one who never lets us go. Lord, as we sing the words of this song, just help them to be planted in our hearts as a seed, Lord that we're growing to this strong, immovable oak in our lives and that for every one of us we'll know that you are a rock, you are dependable, you are reliable. Let's stand, shall we, and sing this song just as the musicians are taking us into this. For those of you who said yes this morning, I'm going to stand at the back of church. I've got a little booklet called The Journey. I'd love to give it to you. If you said yes to God this morning, so something to help you over the next few days, come and grab one from me. And with your permission, I'll scribble your name and address down so the church can help you a little bit more. But let's believe these words. Never once did we ever walk alone. God bless you. Thank you.